I'm Alex Blumenstein, filling in for Brett while he's on vacation. Sounds like a great vacation. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, October 18th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Get this, a new hottest pepper ever just dropped. From the totally twisted mind of pepper breeder Ed Curry comes Pepper X. Sounds like a name Elon came up with which rocks a heat rating of 2.69 million Scoville units. If you're not familiar with the Scoville scale, comparisons are the Carolina Reaper, which Curry also developed, which clocks in at 1.64 million units. A normal can of bear spray, yes, bear spray, is advertised at 2.2 million units. And Curry said that after eating it, he felt the heat for three and a half hours and was, quote, laid out flat on a marble wall for approximately an hour in the rain, groaning in pain. Over to you, Jay, for comment. I would never eat that. <laughs> uh, I do like spicy food, but this brings to mind a story I read, actually. Like, this is getting out of hand. And actually, I, I know it. we're laughing at it, but it actually is dangerous. People have been taking that one chip challenge. Oh, sure. And people have been dying. I'm not kidding. Like there's a high, I read a story about a high school kid who ate one, felt very, very sick and ate him from the inside out and he died. So not to be a downer at the beginning of this podcast, but like do not eat something. And that is, uh, I think that's like 1.7 Scoville units. Okay. So don't eat that. Don't take that challenge. Certainly don't eat Pepper X, which is sounds just ridiculous. Yeah, that's too much. That won't even be enjoyable. It's too much. It's too much hot pepper. Alex, aside from how many Scoville units you are because you're so hot, what do we ever think about <laughs> oh! today? Okay, for our first story, Canada considers free money. For our second story, governments pledge nearly $1 billion in subsidies for an EV battery plant. And for our third story, solid startup Sweetgreen welcomes their new robot overlords. Sort of. Get to that. Do you remember those ads on late night TV with that guy, his name was Matthew Lesko in a question mark suit shouting about free money? You bet, because I got $25,000 from a government to buy equipment for my business. That's not true, is it? No. Okay, well, guess what? Now that offer is available to Canadians. Sort of. Yesterday, the Senate's National Finance Committee studied a bill that would create a framework for universal basic income, which is UBI, right here in Canada. An identical member of Parliament-sponsored bill is also making its way through the House of Commons. The bill, if passed by the Senate and the House of Commons, wouldn't implement UBI, but require leaders to come together and figure out how the whole thing would work. While UBI guarantees income for all, what the government is talking about here is a guaranteed basic income where payments would only go to low-income individuals. Some saw the federal government's $82 billion Canada Emergency Response Benefit, known as CERB, which paid out $2,000 a month to millions of Canadians during the pandemic, as a test for an eventual UBI scheme that could lift Canadians out of poverty. Prior to that, the last notable basic income scheme took place in Hamilton, Ontario in 2017, which reported positive impacts. Canada's parliamentary budget officer found that a program similar to Hamilton's would cut poverty rates by almost half, but would cost $85 billion a year. Jay, what's the bottom line? Alex, if the cost of living keeps rising and the adoption of AI starts to impact jobs, you might start hearing more about UBI in the coming years. Countries worldwide are experimenting with the model, but none have yet dared to try justifying the price tag. Jay, what do cigarettes, hard drugs, and handing out electric vehicle battery plant subsidies all have in common? Scoville units? That is incorrect. But apparently they are all highly addictive. That's right. The federal and Ontario governments teamed up to pledge nearly a billion dollars in subsidies 
for a plant in Loyalist Township for Belgian EV battery group Umicor. The $2.7 billion plant should be up and running by 2026 and promises to deliver battery materials for over 800,000 EVs a year using Canadian mined minerals. Umicore specializes in cathode active materials, which are used in the most expensive part of standard EV batteries, the cathode. Its Ontario plant will be the first of a kind in North America, giving Canada a leg up in this vital niche in the EV supply chain. So let's zoom out, Alex. Southern Ontario is trying to style itself as a heartbeat of North America's EV battery industry. The Umicore plant is the province's third multi-billion dollar factory announcement of the year, following massive subsidy deals struck with Volkswagen and Stellantis. The federal and Ontario governments spent $28.2 billion in production subsidies for EV battery plants before this deal, a sum which will take 20 years to recruit, per the parliamentary budget officer. And make that maybe 21 with this new deal. Maybe maybe a lot more. <laughs> but the investments won't pay off at all if imagined EV demand doesn't become a reality. The EV sales rate in the U.S., the biggest market for Canada's batteries, it's slowed. And Canadians are less likely to buy an EV for their next car than they were last year, largely due to inflation. Alex, could a robot making salads in a suburb of Chicago be the first step in a fast food singularity that replaces all human workers? Absolutely, yes. Okay, well, maybe. But it doesn't mean your next salad might not be made by a robot. The salad startup Sweetgreen is all in on automation after opening its infinite kitchen concept earlier this year, a futuristic, fast, casual lunch spot where robots and self-serve kiosks handle everything from assembling salads to taking orders. Humans are still on hand for tasks like greeting guests and adding finishing touches to meals like perfecting a final scoop of guacamole. Fast food joints have been exploring robotics to improve efficiency and even replace some stat. In terms of the sheer number of robots, Chipotle leads it. Its bot lineup includes a salad bot, an ingredient prep bot, and Chippy, which makes tortilla chips. Starbucks has been toying with the idea of fully robotic baristas as far back as 2018. Wendy's has spent this year testing ordering with having chatbots take orders and having robots deliver take underground tunnels to customers waiting in the parking lot. This seems way too complicated. And White Castle bought 100 automatic robot arms from Miso Robotics that flip fries and is named appropriately Flippy. Miso also makes Chippy, the chip maker mentioned earlier at Chipotle, and Sippy, which has poured and packaged beverage orders at Jack in the Box. Jay, why does this matter? Other than robot companies have a pretty good snappy marketing department to get up with those names, but robots have yet to make it out of the test phase at most restaurants. So Sweetgreen's confidence about robotics playing a big role in its 221 restaurants could signal a viable path forward to them coming to an eatery near you over the coming years. Yes, but robotics are hard to scale due to concerns about quality or return on the hefty investment. That's why some innovations, like the automated drive through process at McDonald's, Texas, have not expanded despite causing a stir on TikTok a year ago. Maybe we'll drop that in the episode description so you can check this one out. Pete Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? Seriously, folks, this is my third to last day. I have not seen any new reviews yet. Make it happen. Make my day. I'll get my kids on it. And if you want more Thank Peak, you. make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. When you give me shock waves.